Welcome to the Sunny Hill Podcast. This message was recorded at our Ferndown campus. For more information about service times and locations, please visit sunnyhill.church. It's such a privilege and a blessing to be here with you today. Uh, I've been really excited about getting over here. Obviously, you've been running since the beginning of January, and uh, we've been praying for you guys, and we've been totally pumped about all that we're hearing happening. And uh, we love Adam and Fru. Aren't they amazing? We love it. Give them a round of applause. Good job. These guys have got such a massive heart for this area and for this church and for you, uh, the people here. And um, for those of you who came from Sunny Hill Pool, uh, we just want to thank you. We, we love you guys. We miss you guys. Sunny Hill isn't the same without you in pool, but um, it's even better now. No, I'm playing. No, we do miss you, um, but we're just excited about the, the opportunity and the opening that God has brought here in Ferndown, believing that we're not just going to have a church that gathers on a Sunday here, but actually we're going to see community transformation and people come to know Christ as a saviour. So uh, that's why you're here. And so um, if this is your first time this morning, we love the fact that you're here today. Um, if you're not in the habit of going to church, you are most welcome to be here, whether you believe what we believe, whether you agree with what I'm about to say, uh, you're still welcome here. We're like a family, and so we just want to create an environment of acceptance and love so we don't judge you we don't uh, decide to disagree with you in this moment we just want to love you and just uh, we just love the fact that you're here um, so we're in a series right now called type a faith and really the intention and heart of this series is to try and strengthen your faith uh, we believe at sunny hill that faith is the currency of heaven in other words, if we want to see God do stuff on earth, faith is the avenue in which God moves. And so we read in Hebrews even, it says it's impossible without faith to please God. Because faith is something that draws the attention uh, and the focus of God. And so we think it's such a helpful thing to explore for a few weeks, uh, this issue of faith, because we want to build you up in the faith. And so we've called this series Type A Faith, uh, which really speaks of having an active faith. We want to have people who are up for it, people who are ready to contend uh, for the miraculous and for heaven on earth. I love that story of Jacob in the Bible uh, where he wrestles with God. And uh, it's so amazing. Jacob comes with this tenacity and this ambitious spirit. And he says, Lord, I'm not going to let go until you bless me. There's something type A about his demeanor, about his countenance before God. And I think so often as people, we cultivate and nurture a very apathetic, passive approach uh, to faith. You know, we kind of think, God, if it's not too much trouble, or Lord, if it is your will, I'd really like a breakthrough here. Whereas I think God is looking for people to really stand up and begin to declare the goodness of God over themselves, over their lives lives and just see God do amazing things. And so uh, over, I, I don't know how many warm weeks you've got here in Ferndown, we're only two or three weeks into it at Paul. Uh, but we're exploring A words that are to do with the type A faith that we want to see develop in the life of Sunny Hill. And uh, the one we're looking at today, not working, it's good that this happens at all the Sunny Hill campuses, um, atmosphere. We're looking at the area of atmosphere. If you look in the, the, the dictionary, atmosphere really relates to this idea, this pervading mood or tone in a place. When you think about it, no matter where you go, there's always an atmosphere of some sort. Maybe you've got your favorite restaurant that you like because there's a hospitable atmosphere. You go there and you feel like you are welcome. Uh, or maybe you've got restaurants you don't like because the, the, the atmosphere is hostile or unwelcoming. 
you know, like workplaces, some workplaces just feel like a good atmosphere to work in because there's a focus and a drive for success, which is just really contagious. And some workplaces are horrible because they've got an atmosphere of backstabby kind of culture and, uh, and, you know, people don't really know where they stand. You know, parties that you go to where it's just vibrant and full of life and you've been to other parties, haven't you, which are just dull and boring, have you? Yeah, yeah. You know, atmospheres exist in all places and they exist in the church. You know, there's an atmosphere in this house that is developing. There's an atmosphere that is working itself out week by week in you, the people. And it's really important we understand that because atmosphere is always built whether we realize it or not. It's kind of like culture. To say that that place hasn't got an atmosphere can't really be true. All you're saying is, it's got an atmosphere and I don't like it. Therefore, it hasn't got an atmosphere. But it's got an atmosphere that you don't like. And the same is true in church. Is that when you walk over the threshold, for every person who doesn't know Jesus yet, for the one that we are going after, they walk into the place and the first thing they encounter is the atmosphere of this house. It's the atmosphere. You could change that word with the word culture. The first thing that people experience and encounter in this church is the atmosphere. And so we really need to think about what type of atmosphere are we building. I, I, as part of my role within the movement, I get to go to a lot of churches and I get to experience different atmospheres. Healthy atmospheres that are just life-giving and faith-stirring and, and just inspirational. And I also get to experience atmospheres that are kind of just suck the life out of you. Like literally, I want to give up the faith when I go to the church because it's so, I'm just being honest, it's like, it's, wow, if this is really what it means to follow Jesus, then I'm really not excited by that at all. People just kind of pursuing religion rather than relationship, pursuing the motions rather than the reality of all that God wants to do. And so at Sunny Hill, we want to create an atmosphere of faith. Faith being the thing that just draws the attention of God draws the miraculous, the touch of heaven on earth, that Bethel moment where church becomes a gateway and a doorway to the things of heaven. That's the kind of atmosphere we want in Sunny Hill. Now, because atmosphere is built, it's important that you understand, right, that actually the atmosphere that you build with is the atmosphere that you carry. Now, this is really important. You cannot build with something that isn't in your hands. Think about that just for a moment. If you've got a selection of wood in your hands and you want to build a brick house, good luck. Or if you're wanting to build a brick structure and all you've got is wood in the arsenal of resources that you're going to use, good luck because you can only build with what you carry. So actually the atmosphere that's created in this campus in Ferndown is a collective of the atmosphere that people who call themselves believers in this church campus carry into the room into the moment. This is why it's so important for us to think about this because it goes beyond the corporate identity of Sunny Hill to the very forensic atmosphere that you carry in your own life. And you'll know this. You'll know the type of person you like to be around. You know when you're in a small group meeting or at church and a person walks into the space and something comes alive inside of you because there's something that they carry, an atmosphere, a culture that they carry in their world that they bring into the moment that absolutely lifts the temperature of a room. That actually just lifts the energy and the vibrancy and the life in the room. And by contrast, you know the people, don't you, that you're having a great time in a space and an environment and a person walks in and literally they're just like a leech on life. They suck the energy 
and faith out the room. Does anyone relate to that? Is it just me? You know, people who walk into an environment, and it could have been faith-filled a minute ago, but all of a sudden, because now they're there, all of a sudden it's negative, it's apathetic, it's like despairing, it's kind of just depressing. And the principle is this, is that you can change the atmosphere. How do you change the atmosphere? By carrying the force stronger than in you than the force of the atmosphere in the room that you're walking into. Think about it. You can change the atmosphere, for better or for worse, by the force of what's ca- what you're carrying inside you being greater than the force of atmosphere that you're walking into. Think about this. Saul, king of Israel, totally in a place of apathy, tormented by an evil spirit. It's in 1 Samuel 16. Tormented by an evil spirit. Despairing, broken, anxiety central, panicking, depressed. All of a sudden, David walks into the room with his guitar case. Gets his guitar out. I like these new stairs, by the way, in this position. It's cool. I almost, when I came down to start preaching, I wanted to kind of just, you know, just start spreading the new. You know, David walks into this atmosphere where Saul the king is despairing, and David gets out his guitar, starts strumming some chords, and starts bringing an atmosphere of praise. It's amazing. One Samuel 16 records this, that the evil spirit leaves says that relief comes to Saul. In other words, whatever atmosphere Saul was developing and building because of what he was carrying was all of a sudden now confronted by the atmosphere that David was carrying into this moment. That when David started singing worship, and just by David's very presence, being in a room, and he loved to play, you know, as he begins to just minister into this moment, the force of what David carries is stronger than the force of what Saul carries. And so whatever's happening in this room and in this moment has to be subjugated to and by the atmosphere that David's carrying. Make no mistake about it. David didn't learn this in the courts of the king. David didn't just go, right, I need to now become a master understander of atmosphere and culture creating. Actually, this is something that David cultivated and nurtured in the obscurity of Bethlehem. When no one was looking, he would simply pour out his heart to the Father. When he was on the hillside and his only audience was a collection of sheep, right? he would begin to declare praises and I believe begin to cultivate an atmosphere of faith and praise where he was. This thing that was taking place in the courts of the king started long before David was prominent. What am I trying to say to you? You don't have to wait for a platform to bring a shift in the atmosphere. God loves to use ordinary people like me and you to change the atmosphere of rooms and places that we walk into. David starts strumming some chords, starts singing some praise, and all of a sudden Saul is lifted. I mean, there's some great... uh, Can you whack on the next slide, please? Look. Here's one of David's Psalms, Psalm 100. 
Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. You can begin to see that this David is the kind of person you want to be around. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Something that he understood a lot about. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. And his courts... With praise, speaking of intentional atmosphere and culture building. Give thanks to him and praise him, for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. David is creating an atmosphere of praise. What does it mean to praise? Well, in Hebrew, it simply means to boast in God. To go, my God is an absolute legend. He is good and we are his sheep. We are the sheep of his pasture. So therefore, when we enter a room where we're going to worship God, we're going to come with thanksgiving. We're going to come with a sense of praise. We're going to build an environment of faith. Why? For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. And if you didn't know, his faithfulness just continues to all generations. Just by the words and declaration of his mouth, David begins to bring a force for change in the environment. The next slide, please. Psalm 150, David, praise the Lord. (laughs) See, a common theme in David's life. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp, electric guitar, bass guitar, Jebeki kit. Praise him on the Lord. Praise him with the timbrel and the dancing. Praise him with the strings and pipe. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I can't for the life of me understand why people like to go to quiet church. Praise is huge to the atmosphere of worship. Sometimes I think one of the reasons that people struggle struggle to enter into worship, and what I mean by that is a deeper, more intimate moment with God, is because they haven't first entered the gates with thanksgiving and praise. Praise is essential to the whole diet of worship. That's why at Sunny Hill we love just like firing up the next gen, going jump, 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 shout, 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 marsh, 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 just Muck around in the presence of God. Bring praise. Come on, dignified. Come on, just begin to go for it. Keep your clothes on though, okay? Not all like David. Some people in church would have hated the way David led worship. Because I'm pretty sure he'd just be looking at the Jebeki kit, just going, come on, symbols! Give it to me, symbols! Yeah! Praise! Because what we're going to do in this moment is we're going to create a vibe that is stronger than anything that you bring into the house of God. If we can just get a few of us understanding this, it means that no matter who walks into the room, the atmosphere is set by us. The culture is set by us. David understood the power of creating an atmosphere. Why? I think it's interesting. Psalm 22 says this, The Lord is holy, get this, and he inhabits the praises of his people. David was operating under a revelation that most of us still don't have. And this was before Jesus. David understood something of worship and praise that created an environment where God says, I want to live in that. We, we talk about visitation. 
as though God's going to come and go. David understood habitation, where God comes and dwells and inhabits the praises of his people. So as I begin to lift up a shout of praise in Ferndown, Sunny Hill Campus, as I begin to jump and shout and all this stuff, what I'm doing essentially is I'm trying to make an atmosphere that secondary is appealing and attractive to people, but primarily is appealing and attractive to the presence of God. I mean, we want people to come here and feel at home, right? But only if God feels like he can come here like it's home. We want God to be enthroned in our praises. This is what creating an atmosphere of faith is about. This is why we bring the energy in worship. This is why we encourage people to raise their hands because what we're doing is we understand that we create atmospheres with our mouth by the declaration of truth. We create atmospheres with our minds by the thoughts. You know, Paul says, don't be conformed by the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And we create atmospheres by the energy of our being. Sometimes, not at Sunny Hill, not so much, but back in the day, it used to be like the frozen chosen. You know, the journey of trying to encourage people to move from hands in their pockets to hands out, to off their iPhone to hands in the air, to now where we want to, let's just go for this. God is worthy of it. We're going to create an atmosphere and an environment of praise. Why? Because the Lord inhabits the Lord sits in that environment. By contrast, when we come with a negative vibe, when we come with negative declaration, when we come and align our words to the enemy, to lies that he's speaking over us, like, I'll never do this. I'll never be good enough. Or I'll always have this issue. Whenever we come with chatter like that, does it draw the presence of God? No. It actually draws the presence of the enemy. Satan loves that. Satan's like, oh yeah, I can live in that. Oh yeah, I'll, I'll be inhabited in that place of despair. This is why sometimes we have to get our words into gear before our feelings follow. That's why sometimes on a Sunday you may come and feel like, I don't feel like singing today. Who cares? David says in Psalm 150, if you don't play an instrument, it says if you breathe, praise. And everything that has breath, praise the Lord. So maybe you've come in today with your woe is me mentality. And maybe you've come in with your songs of despair today and you want to kind of do a mournful dance and a lament in front of everybody. Listen, if you're breathing, praise is the goal. Because the only thing that's going to change your circumstances is the presence of God. And nothing draws the presence of God like the praises of his people, right? Because the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. I want to create an atmosphere of faith. I think there should be nowhere like church on earth. Somewhere we've missed this. We think church is just about singing and preaching. It's about the people being fully pumped, expectant, full belief, total confidence that God isn't just going to enjoy the worship, but he's going to inhabit the praise, which means that as we begin to spend time in his presence, just meditating on the goodness and mercy of God, that we leave this place ready for all that we're going to encounter in the world. 
It's what the kind of house we want Sunny Hill to be. We want people to come in their brokenness and to be carrying an atmosphere of their despair. But all of a sudden, they step over the threshold into the house of God. And all of a sudden, they come into conflict with the atmosphere of Sunny Hill. An environment where praise is rising. An environment where healing is happening. An environment where captives are being set free. An environment where need is being met by the people of God. An environment where depression is lifting. An, imp- an environment where fear is being subjugated to the power of faith. An environment where anxiety and panic flee. An environment where people walk in, maybe thinking, oh, I'm just going to come and have a good moan at God this morning. But when I walk into the house of God and I hear the praises of the people, I can't help but begin to raise my hands because God is worthy of it. He is faithful. I'm not trying to belittle what you're going through in life. But don't think for one moment that despair is the key to your breakthrough. Praise is the key to your breakthrough. Think about Paul and Silas in the prison cell. They're shackled up. They've been watched by multiple guards. It's a bad day in the office for ministry. What do they do? It just says, they sung a hymn of praise. (laughs) Because that's obviously the thing to do when you're in a dingy Roman jail. I want to sing some songs of praise. And they begin to lift up a shout of praise. And we read that the earth shook. The cell doors flew open and the shackles came off. Why? Because even though their reality sucked... They chose praise. How long have we got left, Adam? <laughs> I heard the good thing about Ferndown is you have an hour and a half preaches, don't you? Which is so much better than Paul. Uh, okay, well, we'll, 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 we will come into the land. Ten minutes, great. Okay. Check this out, right? Matthew 9. Interesting uh, passage. Two crazy healings working out. Last year, last, year, last week at Paul Campus... I spoke about the other healing. I'm not going to do that today. I spoke about the woman who was bleeding for 12 years. 12 years of hopelessness, despair. 12 years of being ceremonially unclean, unfit for the temple of God. 12 years of spending money on doctors and healers only to get worse and not better. 12 years of absolute rubbishness, right? Here's that Jesus is passing through the crowd. The Bible says, she said to herself, if only I touch him, I'll be healed, right? So somehow she gets through the crowd and she reaches out to Jesus. She doesn't look for Jesus to have a conversation with him. She just tries to grab him on the way past. He's walking through just to grab. Just if I can touch the thing that he's carrying, then that'll be enough. And so she reaches out and Jesus, it says in one gospel account, felt the power go out of him. That's crazy, isn't it? Faith, the faith of this broken woman had the ability to kind of rob some of the power of Christ. Jesus turns and kind of says to this woman, he says, daughter, your faith has healed you. An interesting story. But sandwiched uh, either side of that story is the story of Jairus. This is where it starts. While he was saying this, speaking of Jesus, the synagogue leader came and knelt before him and said... My daughter has just died. Now, in another gospel account, we read that his daughter was 12 years old. So we see two contrasting ideas here. 
On the one hand, this woman bleeding for 12 years, only experienced 12 years of hardship and rubbishness. And in this scenario, what I'm kind of deducing is 12 years of bliss, this dad and his daughter. Both kind of 12-year sentences, one that is brilliant and one that is rubbish. But both come to this moment needing Jesus, right? He says to Jesus, but come and put your hand on her and she will live. I love that faith. Jesus got up and went with him and so did his disciples. It was at this point where this woman who had been bleeding for 12 years kind of got through the crowd and touched Jesus. And so we get a detour from Jairus' miracle. And if I was Jairus, I'd be like, Jesus, don't forget, I've got a daughter at home that needs a touch from heaven. So, I mean, dealing with this woman's good and all, but can you please come to my house right now? Continues, after Jesus had healed this woman bleeding for 12 years. When Jesus entered the synagogue leader's house and saw the noisy crowd and people playing pipes, right, bagpipes, <laughs> Nothing more depressing than a set of bagpipes. Who likes the bagpipes? Oh, man. Okay. Yeah, me too. They're awesome. Right. <laughs> I love a bagpipe. Uh, they saw the noisy crowd. Speaking of a noisy commotion, a distressed commotion, you, you just get this idea of this atmosphere of kind of negative vibe and chatter, like tears in the background, which in some ways is reasonable because this girl's died, but... We also read that the people playing pipes, which was custom to kind of, it was the funeral song. It was a lament. And people would do like a mournful dance, like a lamentful dance, like, this sucks. I don't know if it looked like that. <laughs> this really sucks. <laughs> I tell you what, if, um, yeah. Anyways. Yeah, I'm aware that not all of you know me. Um, so I'll just stay on track. Verse 24. Words that I just can't believe come out of Jesus' mouth. Go away. Go away. That's harsh, isn't it? Like, if you look into the original text, it translates as do one. <laughs> On your bike. Jesus comes into the synagogue leader's house and there's an environment working itself out. There's an atmosphere of distress, depression, apathy, mourning. And Jesus comes in and says, go away. Go away. I wonder what church would look like if we were more ruthless. Like, go away. It's, it doesn't really fit with our vision statement, does it, for the one? Go away. But he's speaking of an atmosphere and an environment. So often, and so many leaders are guilty of this, we're so passive and so think that the gospel is only about uh, Jesus carrying a sheep and patting children on the head and just, oh, I totally love you. Jesus can't handle bad atmospheres. In fact, the one place really that you get to see angry where he forms a whip he's in the temple courts as he's driving out the money changers because he has a real issue with the atmosphere that's been created in the temple courts and so Jesus comes into this room and you'd expect oh I know man it sucks doesn't it 12 years old isn't it doesn't life stink 12 years it's so harsh I mean maybe God just needed another angel in heaven or something you know I don't know but this really sucks and sometimes we not just tolerate we enable that culture Jesus comes into it and says, do one. He says this, the girl is not dead, but asleep. She looks dead, Jesus. 
That means she's void of a pulse, which is pretty indicative that she's a dead. But Jesus, with the eyes of faith, can see beyond this moment. It's interesting because the atmosphere moves from one of despair to one of scorn and mockery. Listen, they laughed at him. Laughed at Jesus. Verse 25, I love this. After the crowd had been put outside... Like, you're going to think, how does that happen? Right, you, 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 go away. Get out. Not, you don't need to. We love the fact that you're here. It's good to see you guys. Yeah, yeah, you know me. It's all good. But see, you guys do one, right? Because you bring in an atmosphere and an environment that isn't going to draw the presence of God. And it's not going to bring the miracle or the solution you're looking for. So unless you can change it, go away. Just imagine that. So, totally out of line with the Jesus that we worship, right? Like, this is craziness. But Jesus is sending a loud signal. Ah, uh, here's my sign. That's my sign. Let's pray. In Jesus' name, God, just thank you for this morning. God, it's been a real hoot. Yeah, amen. Um, <laughs> after the crowd had been put outside, he went in, took the girl by the hand, and she got up. Actually, in another account, says that Jesus took his disciples and the girl's parents because notice that they weren't drawn into this atmosphere. Jairus had come to Jesus for the breakthrough. He allowed this funeral kind of vibe to work itself out, but Jesus obviously sees that her parents carry something that the crowd isn't and his disciples. And Jesus takes line-minded, faith-filled people to stand around this girl Call her to life. Call her to life, man. This is what it looks like when we begin to change the atmosphere. Regardless of the noise of the crowds, regardless of the fear of the people, Jesus comes and creates an atmosphere intentionally because it knows that it's only faith that is going to bring the breakthrough. Let me ask, what force is stronger in you today? Is it fear or is it faith? Are you stuck in the past or are you moving to the future? Are you still arguing about things that have gone by or are you straining towards what is ahead? Because depending on your answer to that question determines whether Jesus would have asked you to get the other side of the door or whether he would allow you to come with him to bring this miraculous moment into being. I guess there's, in Matthew 11, we won't flick there, but it's really interesting because there's a text that relates to this very moment. Listen to it. I love this. Jesus says this in Matthew 11. To what can I compare this generation Speaking of the issue of faith, he says, they're like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling out to others. We played the pipe for you and you did not dance. We sang a dirge and you did not mourn. Understand in Matthew 11 that this is referring to Matthew 9, this moment. Jesus is understanding that there is bickering around the atmosphere that he's bringing, that he says that some of you are like children in the marketplace saying, look, we played a really miserable beat, Jesus, and you didn't dance to it. And it really hacked us off. We played a really depressing tune on the flutes and the pipes, and he didn't even sing the words. 
Jesus was acknowledging this moment. It's because I'm bringing something different to what you're carrying. I'm bringing something different. I bring a different song. I bring a different beat. I, I bring a beat that is underwritten by faith and not fear. I bring a song that is underwritten by the fact that joy comes in the morning. I, I, I bring a tune and a melody that is so different to what the world is singing and what the world is saying that you can't understand it and you can't conceive it. And so, no, I'm not going to dance to your beats. and No, I'm not going to sing your songs. There's a new beat. There's a new atmosphere. It's one of faith. It's one of hope. It's one of joy. It's one of love. It's one of expectation. It's one of belief. That's the question you've got to ask today. What beat am I going to march to? Because Paul says in Romans 12, don't conform to the beat of the world. Don't be pulled to the bias of the world to be fearful, negative, anxious. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Think a new way. Speak a new way. Sing a new way. Praise a new way. 30 seconds left. Three things that we're going to do. Point one, how to build an atmosphere. Stop singing your woe is me songs. Stop singing them. Fair enough if you're just being honest before God in the secret. That's to be celebrated. But so many people, when they sing a woe is me song, they want as big an audience as possible. Come on, listen to how much my life stinks right now. Your breakthrough isn't in the people of God. It's in the God of the people. Point two, put unbelief outside the door. There's voices in your life that you need to cut out. I understand that this is challenging and difficult because maybe you'd say, and it's quite reasonable to say, I can't cut that relationship out because I'm their only link to church. Okay, fine. But understand that it's ministry, that it's not friendship. Like, understand that sometimes, you know, that when you get alongside people, and I'm not talking about friends who have a blip. I'm talking about repeat habitual offenders who just love to suck the energy out of your sails. Understand that, yes, you can get alongside them, but understand it's only for a moment because what you need to do is you need to preserve the atmosphere that you're carrying. You need to come and sow and scatter seed, but you have to be zealously protective over what God's doing in your soul. And point three, be around people who stand with you in faith. You've got to get people like-minded whose heart resonates with the things that yours does. Because what we want to do is create a community of faith where people encounter the goodness of God. I'm getting more ruthless with these things because I'm aware that sometimes I'm sat in conversations and circles with other leaders in the district and I'm walking out of meetings just totally zapped because they're all fearing different stuff. Oh, what about this? What about the radicalization of this? What about the LGBT and all this? Rah, 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 rah. Like, can we just for one minute understand that what's in us is greater than what's at work in the world? Can we understand just for one minute that the force of faith that we carry is stronger than the force of fear that the world carries? And so how are the people going to get it if the leaders don't get it? How, how are the sheep going to flourish and prosper in the things of God if the shepherds are hiding in caves? And so we've got to think really intentionally around this. Stop singing your woe is me songs in love. 
for unbelief outside the door. Negative voices in your world. You don't owe them anything. You need to get them outside the door so that you can cultivate an atmosphere of faith in your world. And eventually, the force of faith in your world will be strong enough to go outside the door and affect an atmosphere. But until then, just like David in the hills of Bethlehem, singing songs of praise in the choir, in the secret. Point three, draw people around you to stand with you in faith. Amen? Amen? Let's stand to our feet, shall we? I'm going to pray a prayer for you. And, and if, you, if you want this prayer for you, because I'm really just going to pray a simple prayer. I'm going to ask that for those of you who know that you need to put something down, put unbelief down and pick faith up. I'm just going to pray a simple prayer that God would begin to cultivate in you an atmosphere of heaven. That when you walk into a situation, a room or a place or a culture, that you bring something that shifts something in the environment. And, and if, if you want to be a culture carrier, if you want to be an atmosphere changer, I'm going to actually just to open your hands where you are. They don't have to be up high if you don't want to, but just where they are, just as a sign of openness before God. And I'm just going to pray that the Holy Spirit will come upon you in power this morning. Yeah, so Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you that in your word, God, we find truth. And we thank you, God, that truth leads us into freedom. But God, so often, Many of us choose to listen to the lies of the enemy. We choose to create thought patterns that align with the lies of the enemy. We choose behaviors and habits that align to the lies of the enemy. Well, God, this morning, we want to say together, no more. Father, we don't want to dance to the dirge. We don't want to sing to that negative tune, Father. God, we want to become a people who bring an atmosphere of faith. We want to be a people who lift an atmosphere, an environment of praise, God. We want to be culture shifters. We want to be atmosphere changers. We want to be history makers, God. We want to walk into spaces, places, times and moments, God, and bring something in us. Just like David brought something before Saul, God, we want to be like David and not like Saul. And so, God, I just pray for all my brothers and sisters who want to respond to this word today, God. I pray, Lord, that they would leave this place with a renewed sense of hopefulness and faith and belief, God, that you are doing a new thing, that it's a new day. And God, that actually this starts right now in this moment, how we speak after church, how we worship in church, how we speak to one another, God. This thing isn't kind of rocket science. We don't just have to wait for a touch from heaven. We can choose now. We can decide now. Hey, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we're going to create an atmosphere of faith. As for me and my house, we're going to bring a song of praise. So Father, I just pray that you would be lifted up and glorified in Jesus' name. And all God's people said... Amen.